You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, welcome back to Sprott Money News. It is Friday, September the 16th. It's time for your weekly update. This week, once again, joining me, your host, Craig Hemke, is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, thanks for taking some time this morning. Hey, Craig, good to be here. Kind of had a so-so week, but uh, lots of things to ponder. Yeah, both metals are down about 1% this week, but we've had a couple of up weeks since. In fact, actually, the month of uh, September so far has been up, which is nice. Uh, What do you see as we barrel toward what is always going to be called the most important FOMC meeting of all time next Wednesday? (laughs) Well, (laughs) until the next one, right? Until the next Uh, one. I mean, for, I can't imagine for one second that there's any logical reason to raise rates. I mean, we had retail sales come out. They were down 0.3. We had industrial production was down. Uh, we get the, all the ISM surveys for a week. So, I, I mean, I just don't see it happening. But, I mean, they like to keep it in front of us as sort of a threat that something's going to happen. We've already seen rates back up in the long end here, and we saw – how all of a sudden the stock market started to gyrate wildly, including our market, which you know I think for 43 days it never moved two percent. Now was that was almost moving two percent. Sorry, one percent. Now it's almost moving one percent every day in different directions. I mean, it's it's almost total chaos. So I I don't see a rate increase. Um, I just think the economy's way too weak uh, to stand for it. And I think, of course, the stock market's a little bit wobbly here with. So many really smart people saying you don't want to be in stocks and bonds here, and uh, you know yourself and myself included. But there's lots of others, and I suspect that the only thing that holds it together is, is the proactive involvement of central banks. That's my feeling. Let me ask you about the little theory that I've been kicking around for the last week or so. You know, last week you and I talked about Japan and a kind of a reverse operation twist trying to get their long rates up to help out their pension funds. I've noticed over the last week after trading sideways, all of a sudden long rates in the U.S., as you mentioned, are up almost exactly 25 basis points. The LIBOR rate is up almost 25 basis points. And that happened, uh, the last time LIBOR went up 25 basis points was right before the last Fed rate hike last December. Is there any chance that the Fed is kind of plowing the road to, to raise the entire yield curve? Well, of course, I think the yield curve went up because of the comments from Japan, uh, where, wherein they su- suggested that, you know, the unintended consequence of long rates going down is that not only can banks not make money, insurance companies can't make money, pension funds can't make money, but corporations who have their own pension obligations, all of a sudden they have to start taking provisions because their pension fund can't make money. And I think it's this group that, uh, that this, and, and of course, let alone the savers, of course, uh, pensioners who can't make money. So you have a pretty powerful group now who's very upset with the long rates being where they are. And I think uh, finally that uh, that group is gathering some uh, some force here and kind of forcing the argument, like, you know, you're you're destroying a huge part of the, the economy. I was kind of reflecting on $14 trillion of negative bonds and thinking, well, you know, what if they paid 4%? I mean, that's $560 billion of revenue that we don't have now. Mm-hmm. And but that's not an insignificant amount of revenue uh, to, a, to a world uh, that needs that extra income that would be in, in, in profit, of course. So, uh, 
I, I think that the argument for long rates being higher is gaining some momentum. And, of course, that will not be good for stocks, but I think it would be good for the economy. Now, someday, maybe, the, the, the central planners will think about the economy and not just the banking system. But as you and I know, we seem to be having some problems with the banking system manifesting themselves these days. Even here this morning on Friday, Eric, rather interesting news about the U.S. Department of Justice wanting to uh, fine Deutsche Bank $14 billion for their role in mortgage-backed trading, uh, security, trading, mortgage-backed securities trading. Back in 2008, of course, they can't seem to find anybody here in the U.S., but uh, it's also rather coincident that that's the exact same amount that the EU wants to collect from Apple in back taxes. What Deutsche Bank is way down today, as are other banks uh, that are a little bit yeah. weak, like Monty Pashi. What do you make of all this? Well, I think that, you know, we haven't seen the uh, the final outcome of the uh, the great financial crisis here and, and, and who was doing what to whom. I think I read that Elizabeth Warren said, we got to send some bankers to jail for the great financial crisis. And I think it's true. I mean, look at, in fact, I go to Wells Fargo. I can't believe that I have to read that Wells Fargo fired 5,300 people because they, they created 2 million bank accounts. Like what the hang is going on in the banking system here? Is it, I mean, that's so, they've corrupted everything, whether it's LIBOR, trading gold and silver, the mortgage-backed securities. Now they're creating fake accounts. I mean, how bad does it go here? So the whole banking system is going to come under terrible review here. I mean, their, their actions in, in the whole goings-on of the last 15 years have just been atrocious. And so, uh, I mean, for me, fine. Charging fourteen billion, I'm sure the cost to the whole banking cost to society is way, way, way beyond anything like that. So, welcome to uh, to getting fined. <laughs> Hopefully, like you said, we'll see some perp walks eventually. But I'm not holding my breath. Um, no. The interesting thing this morning, though, we talked about long rates going up. The German. 10-year bund went from negative 12 basis points to plus 10. But now it's negative again this morning, Eric. These negative rates are still out there. And and we even had the great Ben Bernanke himself a couple of days ago go on record saying that negative rates are still a possibility in the U.S. That'd be rather bullish for gold, wouldn't you think? I would think so. Well, almost everything that happens is bullish for gold, as you know, Craig. Yeah. It's, it's just a question whether it manifests itself in the gold market, Okay. I mean, we've had this a non-economic recovery for 16 years now. We've had two stock market crashes, and we're probably heading for a third one. Uh, negative interest rates or zero interest rates. Uh, we have inflation way beyond anything that's that's announced publicly. We finally got, I think, 0.3 was announced this morning on inflation for the, uh, I guess it was for September. Um but we all know that inflation has been way beyond what the CPI statistic has shown. I mean, everything out there is is positive to gold. We just got to get through the people who think they can control the market, and quite frankly, have controlled the market. But I think our our day is is getting closer all the time when when they lose it, and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to that. We've had a wonderful run in the stocks and the metals uh, so far this year. We're only about four percent from our high, yet we're all kind of gnashing our teeth over it. Uh, but uh, we're going to have India and China coming back on here as buyers. So I think uh, the outlook looks pretty good here uh, over the very short term. One last question about India and China. A lot of talk 
uh, on my site and around the internet about the Chinese yuan being included in the IMF's SDR on the 1st of October and how that might change dollar demand and kind of change the whole global financial dynamic. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Eric, That uh, at this time? Well, I know that there's people that write about it and they say, you know, September 30th is going to be a very significant day in the gold market. Uh, I mean, I'm, that's not something that I've uh, bought into, let's put it that way. It could be, I mean, we all know that Chinese could lay down a hand any time and change the dynamics of the gold market because I think they've been very, very large buyers. They've understated what they have. And yes, any day they could come out and say, oh, by the way, we own 10,000 tons of gold, not 1,900 tons of gold, and everything would change because we'd all know where they got the 8,000 tons from, okay? Mm -hmm. There's only one guy who has 8,000 tons. That's the U.S. So that could happen. I'm not, it's not the sort of thing I want to bet on. Uh, I, you know, I, in some senses, I hope some of those uh, experts uh, might be right about that, but it's not something that, uh, that I want to bet money on. I mean, I think we're safe enough owning gold and, and silver and the shares in the knowledge that over time, this price has got to go a lot higher. And whether it's, you know, something that happens on September 30th or just happens over time, it's probably better that it just happens over time. So... I, I don't really uh, I look for something there, but I, I, I hope I'm wrong in a way. Lastly, Eric, the talk all next week is going to be about the FOMC. And as you pointed out last week, the meeting of the Bank of Japan that's occurring over the same two days, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. No one knows yeah. what's going to come out of that. Uh, but we do know that gold prices up maybe 25% since the last time the Fed hiked rates last December. Uh, what are you looking for next week? And, and how are you kind of uh, planning for any contingency? Sure. Well, you know, there is a lot of chatter still in, in Japan about, you know, them not buying the long bond, okay? Because I think they realize the error of their ways. I mean, you can't have that many people have a negative impact from long rates being so low. I mean, you, you have a large part of your economy negatively impacted here. Probably particularly in Japan where you have such a great swath of savers who now have no income. And I can just imagine the letters that would be coming into the central bankers like, what are you guys doing here? You're killing us. And sooner or later, they have to start taking notice of something like that. So uh, I suspect that, you know, this has been being pushed around in Japan. You know, they've been yakking about it for a long time, that this meeting's coming up and there might be some new twist. And I suspect that that they probably will change somewhat, that they won't buy these long bonds and maybe these uh, rates going up in the long end, will hang in there. Of course, the offset to that is, as well, we're going to lower the short-term rates even more negative. But both of those things will be, particularly the lower short-term rates, will be very positive for gold. So, um, But, I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, the central planners have lost it. They should have, people shouldn't even care. We're, we're in such dire straits now that it's, it seems logical to me that, you know, you don't want to have your money in a bank, you want to have it in gold and silver, and let's just let this thing play out. So uh, hold in there. It's, it's all kind of going our way these days, so try to stay calm. Great place to leave it for this week, Eric, and I look forward to speaking with you next week once we get this whole circus to leave town. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, I, I wish you a great weekend, and again, I look forward to speaking with you next Friday. Okay, my pleasure, Greg. All the best to you, too. And from everyone here at Sprott Money News, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.